This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, making his debut on video. You've only been on the show for like 10 years, and yeah, right. now we get to see your pretty face. Um, lots to get into today, Bax. Let's start with just your biggest takeaways from Ohio State spring ball so far. I mean, not a tremendous amount to glean. They've only had three practices, um, but still a decent amount of information out there. What's What's kind of been your biggest takeaways so far? Well, the number one thing that caught my eye was that Tyleek Williams in a 10-yard sprint is as fast as some of the receivers. Uh, that seems pertinent, doesn't it? Because that's Aaron Donald-level speed. <laughs> so, yeah. You've heard, of, you've heard of Aaron Donald? Uh, I, I don't know if I've heard of Aaron Donald. Have you heard of Aaron Donald? I have heard of Aaron Donald. By the way, people that are taking that at face value, Urban was joking when he said that. I can't believe that, that people think he actually didn't know who Aaron Donald was. But yeah, it, it, was, it was funny as heck yesterday at the press conference when Tim May started asking a question. Then he, he goes to Ryan Day, goes, you know who Aaron Donald is, don't you? Ryan Day goes, yeah, and everybody started laughing. Y'all seen Aaron Donald before, right? I mean, Tim May is awesome. He really is. God bless Timmy. He, he, he's a legend. He's a legend. Anybody who's a Buckeye fan knows Tim May's a legend. But go ahead. Go ahead. Tyleek Williams being a, an absolute freak and 325 pounds. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's going to bode very well for OSU. Uh, I think it's been interesting to see also how the D-line has sort of been anticipated here by Jim Knowles. A lot of talk from him has been he's been talking about having four down linemen most of the time. And we a lot of us weren't sure whether it was going to be three down linemen in a lot of these situations trying to create blitzes from different angles. And I think he took one look at his roster and realized how much talent he had up front. And there was just some guys he couldn't take off the field. So that's been interesting to see. And then finally, we're going to have to get used to this terminology on D with all these different safeties. I mean, we're still sort of figuring out how to watch these guys because we haven't seen a ton of practices yet. There's only been three of them. And we're going to have to get these names of these right. Is it Leo? Is it Jack? Is it DiCaprio? What are we calling these positions at this point? <laughs> DiCaprio. Yeah, I mean, like. At this point, who knows, right? So it's been really interesting to see the new terminology come out for these guys. And that's something that I think as the spring wears on that you and I will be able to talk a little more fluently in, and that'll be helpful. I have a question here I want to get to. I like this. All right. This is from Jay Henry Miller. Who is going to be the third wide receiver for the Buckeyes? He said third string. I know what he means. The number three wide receiver since they basically start three receivers. Let me rephrase that. They start three receivers. I'll give my take and Baxman give his. Obviously, we know who the number one is, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I really think two and three are interchangeable. I'll go Marvin Harrison, two, Emeka Egbuka, three, and then I'll throw in Julian Fleming, four. I'll go Jaden Ballard, five. I'll give you your top five. How about that? Bax, who's yeah. your top five? 
Well, I, pretty much exactly what you just said. Uh, I, th- I think that Harrison right now has to step up for number two over Egbuka at number three just because of the performance in the Rose Bowl. But at the end of the day, this is five guys who are going to be on the field significantly. Jalen Ballard, lo- Ballard looks like a absolute physical freak out there. I mean, the guy is absolutely yoked. And you got guys like Fleming. Fleming is a guy who showed some toughness down the stretch last year, was a former number one overall receiver prospect coming out of high school. There is so much talent in this receiver room, it's not even funny. And the reality is, number one is JSN. We all know that. Two, three, four, five, they're all going to get on the field. It's just that simple. So I I don't know if you need to classify them. I think you just classify them all as dangerous, and you're more than good. Last year, they really only played the three guys until two of them opted out for the Rose Bowl. So Ballard, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to play five. I think four will get playing time instead of just three, like last year I think they're going to have. So whoever the fourth receiver is is not going to be on the outside looking in like last year. Fifth might be a little tough in my opinion, but they do like Jaden Ballard. So, and hopefully Cam Cam Babb can get in there too. I mean, he's had four torn ACLs. Yeah, but he looks good. I'm just worried. I just did a hit for 97-1 talking about this. Like I'm I'm rooting like crazy for him, but I can't get on board saying he's going to be like a big piece of this offense because I'm worried. I mean, he's had four torn ACLs. I mean, does he have any cartilage left in his knees? So rooting like crazy for Cam Babb, but um, hopefully he can get up in there as well. All right, another question here. How worried should we be about the tight end depth, Duncan wants to know? Well, I guess this year is not going to be the year where we predict a, an Ohio State wide receiver reaches 30 receptions. <laughs> Even last year, Ryan Day was making fun of that, saying that Big Ten Media Day, oh, Jeremy Ruckert's going to reach 30 receptions this year. He's going to go way over that. He had 26. Yep. 26. 13 games, 26 receptions, averaging two catches a game. And he's going to be a relatively high NFL draft pick, second round, third round at the worst. So – I'm not that concerned about it because they got a good blocker in Mitch Rossi. They got a couple of guys coming up that they like. G. Scott Jr., the receiver who's a tough kid who keeps putting on weight. He's up 233 right now. Um, and Joe Royer is a guy backs that I think has to come on this year. I mean, yeah. they picked him over Jim Lachey's son, Luke Lachey, in the same class. And Luke Lachey is doing well at Iowa. He's not the starter, but he's the top backup. Was on the field last year. It's time for Joe Royer as a third-year guy to step up. So Mitch Rossi, G. Scott Jr., Joe Royer, maybe a Sam Hart, maybe a Bennett Christian. I'm not that concerned about it, though. Yeah, I'm not super concerned about it either because the tight end doesn't play a significant role in this offense. I mean, we just saw it last year when you had Jeremy freaking Ruckert and he only caught two catches a game. Let's be honest here. Uh, the reality here, too, is, is these freshmen, you never know what you're going to get from them. Hart and Bennett, if they come in and they can contribute, that's fantastic. I think G. Scott's a kid who's going to continue to evolve. But you're right on Joe Royer. Not only did they – pick him over other valuable kids in the state of Ohio at that position. They picked him over a guy who is associated with OSU football as anybody in Jim Lachey. He calls the freaking games. And they picked him over a kid that went to Iowa, which does nothing but spit out tight ends that play in the NFL. So Joe Royer, yeah, there's some pressure on him to get himself actually on the field, actually contributing. And look, last year was tough, right? You You had Rossi come in. You had Ruckert come in, uh, and, and then you had G. Scott on the rise. It's a little hard to fit into that group, but Royer needs to do something this year, 100%. Uh, I think Rossi doesn't get touch, t- talked about enough, though, on this team, what he's evolved into from a guy that didn't really have any recruiting hype into a player that is very valuable for the Buckeyes on a number of levels. He can be that tight end blocker. He can be a fullback. He can do all kinds of things, catching the ball out of the backfield. He's not a super-duper star, but he's just valuable. He's like a Swiss Army knife. I mean, Swiss guy named Rossi. There you go. 
It just it works really well for what he brings to this offense. So I'm not super concerned about the tight end situation. I think OSU, if they really want to get some muscle on the field, uh, on like the two-yard line for an extra push, we're just going to bring in another lineman anyways like they have been the last couple of years. And in a tight end is is near the bottom of the uh, concern list for me because I don't think it's going to hold that much of a prominent role this year. But I do agree with you. It would be the most ironic and frankly hilarious thing ever if this was the year somebody had 30 catches at tight end, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know our friend G. Scott Sr. wouldn't mind if his son was the one to get that uh... – to, to get that benchmark. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, they're going to rely on their receivers and their running backs, you know, and, and their Heisman trophy, you know, perhaps winning quarterback. We'll see what happens. I think no doubt he's going to be a finalist again. We'll see if he can yeah. prevent Mr. Bryce Young from tying Archie Griffin's record of being the only two time Heisman trophy winner. We cannot let, I will put money on Bryce Young, not winning the Heisman. Tim Tebow that. didn't win it twice. Nobody's winning it twice. Period. I don't care if Bryce Young has the greatest season of all time this year. They're not going to pick him again. That's yeah. just that is the the elephant in the room of the Heisman voters. There will never be a repeat after Archie. We have another uh, comment uh, slash question here. This is a question. This is from Todd. Todd wants to know: Will Ohio State's offense be the best ever along with twenty twenty Bama? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be elite. I don't know if they're going to be that good, but they're they have the chance to be that good. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, this OSU offense led the nation in scoring last year, too. It's probably going to be in the top five again. And honestly, you, you, you're picking at nits whenever you talk about third in the country and first in the country and fifth in the country. I mean, when there's 130-something teams and you have a team in the MAC that's, you know, playing MAC defenses and going to triple overtime and scoring 65 points, I mean, it, 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 it numbers are a little finicky. The fact that OSU finished first overall last year in, in scoring offense in the country – is a monumental number. And the reality is, like, is anybody worried about this offense at all? Like, dear Woody in heaven, please keep C.J. Stroud healthy. Amen. But beyond that, like, what are we worried about with this offense? That's not the concern. That's not the problem. I think all of us are going to be anxiously watching the defense throughout the spring and nervously holding our breath all the way into Notre Dame to see if there's really been a change. Yeah, I'm not worried about the offense at all. Like I said, the one thing that, that was a concern last year, I think they're going to alleviate. I think they are going to be able to run the ball in short yardage. That was the one thing that they mm -hmm. could not do last year um, yeah. consistently, and I think they're going to be able to be uh, a good short yardage running team this year. So, all right, let's switch gears and talk some Pro Day. Pro Day kicking off here, oh, about an hour and a half. Um, it'll be open to the media. All 32 NFL teams are expected to be there. I think comparatively speaking to some of the Pro Days I've covered over the years back, so it might be a little bit more – uh uneventful than usual but it's still always cool i mean we don't know how many guys are actually going to be going through all the drills and everything there's a chance jeremy ruckert's not going to be doing much today we were told um but it's still so cool to, to see all the uh nfl coaches there and the gms and stuff like that and one of my favorite stories from uh, pro day was a few years ago uh, greg Schiano and bill belichick are friends and they're walking together just them and i'm standing over there by the entrance to ohio state's locker room in the indoor facility and it's just, man, I see them coming, like, right for the door. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm like, and I, I kind of knew uh, Belichick wouldn't go for it. But I was like, coach, can I get a picture? He goes, I'm good. I walked right past me. I'm like, I just got big time by Bill Belichick. And normally that would make me mad. But it was kind of cool because it was Bill Belichick. So it's always fun seeing the the NFL head coaches there. I even went up to Mike Tomlin one time, your guy backs, and told him I'm a Bengal fan, but I respect you a lot. And he liked that. So 
Um, but Pro Day today, what are you looking forward to seeing at Pro Day for the Buckeyes today? Who can help themselves? You know, it's going to be a fascinating Pro Day because I think all the scouts are there more excited to see C.J. Stroud than they are to see anybody who's actually leaving OSU this year. I mean, if you, if you could get like a truth serum into all these scouts, the number one thing that they all want to see is how does C.J. Stroud look because he's positioning himself for the number one spot on the board next year. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see is how on point CJ is throwing to some of these guys, because they are all about that, that quarterback position, in the NFL, this off season didn't tell you that that's really the only position that these GMs seem to care about. I don't know what will, there's <laughs> going to be a feeding frenzy over CJ Stroud today. And everybody else is kind of just going to be there with him. So that's the first thing in my head. Uh, the second thing I think it's going to be interesting to see today is exactly how much can any of these guys really improve and are they going to be willing to do the improvement efforts after what happened with David Ojabo up in Michigan? I mean, that was absolutely terrible. You, you know, you don't ever, you don't ever root for Michigan guys, but you never really root for them to get hurt. Right. And that's yeah. a guy who was a top 10, top 15 pick who in a non-contact situation tore his Achilles. How many of these guys are just going to be like, dude, I did pretty well at the, the combine. I, I'm good. You know, like that's, that makes me wonder, like, you know, how is today going to look? Because this is, I think, the first major pro day since last week when Michigan's um, unfortunate situation happened. How much did that trickle down to OSU? So I'm kind of wondering how much we're going to see from a lot of these guys. Like, what in the world does Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave have to prove at this point, right? right. They're sub 4-4 four, four guys. Go look at the film. What do you guys scout and watch games for? What do they need to do more? If I was Olave or Wilson, I'd walk in in a suit and tie and go, I'm here to be interviewed. And that Seriously. would be – I mean, what you're throwing against air today, What you, you, that's a perfect point. Just go watch the film. What, what are they going to show today that they haven't shown on film? They're not, they don't have DBs covering them out there. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. They have nothing to – and I bet you you're right. I, I bet you two things you're right. I bet you Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson wouldn't have done much today regardless. But the David Ajabo effect will trickle down. I think that's a really good point. I think – you know, players are going to see that and realize, unless I really feel like I have to make up ground in pro day, let's say something happened where you didn't do well at the combine or you yeah. missed the combine, then that's a different story. But man, if you're even a Nicholas Petit Ferrer and you feel like I could probably improve my stock a little bit, but not that much, why even risk it? Why is it worth it? There's no point in it. You have years of film. You have years of game film. You have been at combines left and right in the recruiting process. You have just went through one of the Cadillac college football programs. Why in the world would you risk it at that point? If it was my kid, I'd be like, you're not even allowed to take cleats with you. <laughs> right? Like, the dude, you're going to make millions. Or if you have one freak thing happen to you in the last possible moment that a freak thing can happen to you, it's going to cost you millions like it did David Ojabo. Why would you do that? So I'm really interested to see how much actually happens at Pro Day. After, outside of the, the scouts being all over C.J. Stroud and him eventually going to be the center of attention, you just watch. How much are these guys going to actually do? Because if I was them, I wouldn't be doing much. Plain and simple. I'm with you. We've got a comment here. Uh, football is about the trenches. Fans like shiny objects. I'm with you. Yeah. As a Bengal fan, guess what I'm excited about? All these offensive linemen that they're signing. So, Dude, you know why our defense sucked last you. year? It's because we couldn't do anything in the trenches unless the freshmen were on the field. Can't that simple. Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl. Um, I couldn't figure out where my logo was. It's, it's you know. 
my right and my left. It's, it, it's, I'm letting you have your W for now, Dave, because you should know as a Bengals fan how fleeting that success can be. It's, uh, it's in a division with the Steelers. As a Bengal fan, it's hard to tell my left from my right as well. So I'm just I'm just soaking it in. You know, if it's a one year wonder, by the way, it ain't going to be a one year wonder with Joe Burrow, my friend. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I, I never thought I'd be sitting here saying, you know, the Bengals are in way better position than the Steelers or the Browns. <laughs> Trust but, me, I never, I never thought I'd be saying that either. And don't I don't worry, Mike Brown's going to go look at the All American list and start picking sixth round level players in the first round again anytime soon. You, I, uh, I tell you what, though, I'm, I'm a realist. The, the Steelers might not be that great this year, but th- they won't be down for long. And I don't even know if they'll be down this year. They, they'll still have a really good defense. They'll be able to run the ball with uh, Harris, and we'll see about Mitch Trubisky. He sounds like a one year holdover until they get their quarterback the following year. And that I think they're thinking about draft. drafting Malik Willis if they can. If, we'll if he falls, I saw a recent mock draft that had him going in the top 10, which actually doesn't surprise me because when it, quarterbacks, if you're the number two quarterback in the draft, even if you have a second round projection, you're going to be going early in the draft. Just so like the quarterbacks are going to be so, so much higher in value. You have to look at what the league's doing right now. I mean, everything the Browns gave a guy accused of 23 counts of sexual assault, 230 million guaranteed and traded six draft picks for him because he had a good year a couple years back. That's how valuable they place on quarterbacking. Let's be real here. What team without a good quarterback is going to win in the AFC right now? I mean, holy cow, there's a bunch of people out there that are really good. Quarterback, the quarterback's going to get to the point where every team that potentially needs a quarterback is going to take them first. And any quarterback that would have been 25th in the past would be fifth. So if Malik Willis goes in the top 10, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, but I agree with you. If he does somehow fall to the Steelers, I think they'll take him, but I do not think he will fall that far. I thought maybe initially Kenny Pickett, you know, he ain't falling that far. People have him going like in the top five now. Tiny little hands. <laughs> Not good if you're a quarterback. To have Remember those little Burger hands. King commercials where the guy was like, I have little hands and the Whopper's so big. That's Kenny Pickett's future. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, yeah, I, he's still going to be a top 10 pick, though, even with his tiny little hands. All right, let's, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, somebody's saying Watson was 26 and 27 in Houston. I'll just say this, though, about his record. In 2020, the Texans were 4-12. and 12. They would have been 0-16 by a mile without Deshaun Watson. He had a great year. A was it 33 year. touchdowns to seven picks? And like, that's after they traded um, DeAndre Hopkins away. I mean, yeah. Deshaun Watson, you know, all, all joking aside, is a heck of a quarterback. Now, we'll see. I mean, he's going to be facing a suspension, in my opinion. These are 22 women. We're not talking about one or two women where maybe it's like, ah, I don't know if I can, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're telling the truth, maybe not. 22 women. Yeah. I mean, that's just that, – that, that's just mm. – right, let's move on. Let's move on. Mm. Uh, it's just not good. Um, I do want to finish the show talking about a serious issue, um, but I want to put a, a positive spin on it. And this isn't spin doctoring. This is just reality. I love what Ryan Day is doing with the culture of his program. The Harry Miller story, everybody knows about the Harry Miller story. We don't need to rehash that. I think what's super cool here is Ryan Day backs has created a culture where macho, tough football players – can come in and maybe not feel comfortable, but at least more comfortable than they certainly would have been with a different head coach or in years past. If they're having mental health issues because of Ryan Day putting himself out there and making that his pet project away from football and his kind of his life's mission is to take away the stigma of mental health. That saved Harry Miller's life possibly. And now what Harry Miller is doing can help save other people's lives. My point is I love what Ryan Day is doing with this culture where these tough football players um, can now maybe feel like, okay, it's, it's okay for me to speak up about my mental health issues. Well, anybody who knows Ryan Day's personal story knows how important this is to him, having lost his, his father like he did. And 
the reality is with Harry Miller, this is the sort of thing that like, you know, it's more important than football. Like we, we, we all, you know, are all excited every time we see Scarlet and gray and hear the Buckeye battle cry and all that other stuff. Right. At the end of the day, this is a very talented, smart, hardworking, good young kid, perfect GPA, all this stuff, you know, free college, number one center in the country, five-star recruit. I mean, the guy on the surface had everything, and he's still struggling with these mental health demons, right? And I think for Harry Miller to come out and essentially address that himself and say, look, if you if you didn't – if you just looked at what was going on in my life, you would be thinking, wow, that guy is everything. And he's like, and I still didn't want to live. So the fact that Ryan Day has nurtured a culture where he was able to say something is extraordinary. and. It's incredibly important that this continues and you know, not to get cynical either, but my goodness, if you're a parent wanting to send your kids to a school somewhere, nothing is going to stand up more than Ryan Day's mom being able to, or not Ryan Day, sorry, Harry Miller's mom being able to say, Ryan Day literally saved my child's life, football or not. And like, honestly, I don't care if Harry Miller ever plays another snap of football, right? Like I would love for him to be in a position where he could use his physical gifts again. But I think it's more important that he's just right. He's what is he twenty? I mean, God, one of the oldest. Yeah, he's a junior in college. Yeah, he's either twenty or twenty-one. Yeah, I mean, God, he's got a long life ahead of him. So, like, don't let the pressures of football and whatever else was getting at him get at him. Like, you know, get yourself right up here so that you can live a long and healthy and happy life. Like, <laughs> sports isn't the end all be all in life, even though we all put so much priority on it, right? From a young age for kids, and it's a good lesson, by the way, for all of us who are raising kids who are playing athlete at, or sports at a high level. Right. And we all want to go out there and be like, roar, win. Come on. What is wrong with you? Like, think about the pressure that puts on a kid. Right. Sometimes we have to recognize that, you know, the, there's so much pressure in a modern society. It's so interconnected with social media and knowing who the top everything in the country is. I mean, I get caught up in the, my 11 year old playing hockey on the top 20 team in the country. Right. And it, it's so important to just recognize that these are people. They're just like us. And you know, sometimes people really struggle with it and it shouldn't be stigmatized. It should be something that, hey, let's get you help. And Ryan Day has done such a fantastic job of not making this some don't be a wimp situation. You know, water is for the weak, right? It, you know, this is an unbelievably important evolution in a very macho culture that Harry Miller is here to be able to talk about these things on national television like he did yesterday and be able to talk to all the kids elsewhere who are going through this. So, you know, when Ryan Day says that mental health matters to him, when he created his his, his his whole initiative a year or two ago, it wasn't words. It wasn't for recruiting. It wasn't BS. It was real. And you're seeing the reality of it right here, that Harry Miller is with us, able to talk about what's going on with him today. No doubt about it. Very well said. Um, some people have mentioned, uh, want to know if, if uh, Pro Day is televised. NFL Network, I believe, will have break-ins. I don't think they're just going to be showing it constantly, but I think NFL Network will be breaking in. So if you're wondering if you can see some Pro Day, I'm sure NFL Network um, will have some footage, some live footage, and we'll have some interviews with Ohio State. Usually Ryan, they'll interview Ryan Day, maybe some other guys. So, yeah, check out NFL Network and Bucknuts. Check out Bucknuts. We're going to be there. We're going to have full coverage. So that's where you really want to be is on Bucknuts.com, 24-7 sports. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale on his debut on video. It's only his uh, like 300th time doing the show. Maybe I'm underestimating, <laughs> but first time on video. Good to see him, Bax's face. 
Thank you. To no, all it's not good seeing my face. <laughs> uh, I, no, uh, come on now. Come on. Come on. Face made um, for radio, Dave. Uh, well, I have a face made for radio. You, you're looking good out there. But uh, we appreciate all of the listeners and viewers for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.